You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. I'm so thankful for our band, man, it's put that much time in to lead us. Um, uh, hey, Sam, would you get me a music stand from up there? When, when you have a moment, that would be awesome. Just hold this. Uh, while he's doing that, earlier in the week, I uh, took the end of my thumb off cutting some bread. Um, so that was good. And then just a minute ago, I uh, smashed this finger in a wheelchair. Being silly, I'm going to lose that fingernail. This one's, this one's worse than this one. Anyway, so my finger's throbbing, and that's uh, pretty banging. Um, so uh, we're going to have a good time together tonight. All right, so um, I was hoping, to, oh, there it is. Ta-da. Thank you, Sam. Sam's my hero. Um, speaking of heroes, uh, now who, who is it? Like, turn, turn to the person next to you and tell them, tell, like, who, who would you be most starstruck by? Like, if you, if you met somebody, like, who, who would you be most starstruck to meet? No, not Jesus. Like, besides Jesus, all right, like, but who would you be most starstruck by? Alan. Alan. All right. All right, you got it? Good. Like, like, there's, there's, shh, okay, there's some people, there's some people that you would, probably most, there's, for most of you, there's probably some people that you would borderline faint if you, if you met them. Like, if they walked into the room and, like, just wanted to say hey to you during, like, third block or something, you would, you would borderline pass out. Like, that, that, there's some people that you're that into. Maybe it's, like, your favorite musician or, like a, like, a sports figure or something. Like, whoever your person is, that you would just be um, just speechless standing in front of them. You'd be starstruck, right? There's, there's probably some people like that. Like, one, one of my heroes... Um, one of my heroes is this guy named David Platt. Like, you, you, you may not know who David Platt is, uh, but I'm a, I'm a pastor, and so, like, my heroes, are, a lot of them are pastors. And so this guy, David Platt, he, he, uh, he's just not much older than me. He's, like, three years older than me and has done, like, 15 times more things in his life than I have. He was the pastor of this church um, down in Birmingham for a long time, did an awesome job, written a bunch of books that just have inspired me. And then now he's the president of, of the International Mission Board that sends missionaries, like, all over the world, and he's, like, 34 or something. I don't know, something ridiculous, all right? He's one of, one of my heroes. And so um, we've, we've, we've kind of been in the same location multiple times. I never had the chance to meet him. If I did meet him, I'd just stand there like an, like a, like an idiot. I wouldn't be able to get anything out. He's just one of those, those kind of people for me. Um, and so uh, back in October, the Harmonings, they, they were going to go to Richmond, Virginia, where the International Mission Board office is, and they were going to pre- present a check for all the funds that have been given in Sarah's name for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. They're going to they're go and present this check. And David Platt's going going to be there, all right? They're going to meet him. In fact, like, they had, they had exchanged some text messages with David Platt, who is, like, my Beyonce, okay? Like, they've ex- exchanged some texts with him, and, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, Karen Scott, like, if you want to um, give me those digits, like, I, that, you know, <laughs> that would be awesome. They declined, uh, which was rude, um, but uh, they wouldn't give me, they didn't give me his number, which you still could, Offer still stands. Anyway, um, and then uh, and, and I said, well, look, you know, if you're, you, you know, you're, you're going to Richmond, you're going to hang out with David Platt, personal hero of mine. Just let him know that if, if he's in the market for a new best friend, I'm available. 
um, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm there, all right? So just let David Platt know if he needs a new best, best friend, I'll be there. I did not think they would actually do that. I thought, they were, I th- I th- I thought that they knew I was joking, and then um, they were there while Jessica and I were at the beach, and I'm sitting on the beach, and I get a text message. It's a video. This is it. Hey, Britton and JJ's, David Platt, uh, man, this is, I, I, I want to be you guys' friends. No, don't do that. Start it over. Start it over. Uh, okay, so he thinks anyway, it's hilarious just, man, to be I've my friend. So about you guys sitting here with the harmonies and look forward to hopefully meeting you guys at some point, but just really, really thankful for God's grace and you all. Yeah, nice words, talking whatever. About. I don't want to be your friend, okay? He, what he just said was, Britton and JJ, we ought to be friends, and then he thought it was hilarious. He couldn't even keep a straight face. But I was, I, was, I was all at the same time, I was mortified and so excited that David Platt jokingly wants to hang out with me. Okay, like that was like the coolest moment for me. That like my hero jokingly, like he said, he said Britain. Okay, like I feel great about that, all right? You know, I'm winning. Like I'm, I'm, I'm almost there, man. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. There's people like that, that we, that we just... We, we, we would just be speechless if we got to talk to them or to know them or be friends with them, hang out. Like if, if you got to go backstage with some of your favorite artists, like you would not know what to do with yourself. I think it's, I think it's amazing. To, like, I think it, it, it's just weird. It's weird to me how, how we all, we have these kinds of reactions to meeting certain people, to other people. You know, just we react like that. I mean, we can be dumbstruck by the idea of knowing another human being. And then, and then meanwhile, we, we take for granted that, 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 that we can personally know the God who is beyond time. We take for granted that we can personally know and spend time with and connect with and talk with the God who spoke matter into existence. The God who, who, who causes nations to rise and fall. The God who literally knit every single one of us together. Made you intent. The one who, like, you can know the one who made you. And everything you know. Like, you can know him. We get dumbstruck by the opportunity to know these certain people and react like that. This excitement, this, this, this like, this is, it's, it's, it's unfathomable to meet these people. Meanwhile, we take for granted the opportunity to know the God who came and, and died for you, the God who spoke stars into existence. Is that not kind of weird? Like, 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 uh, like the majestic, eternal God is willing to meet you. I think we lose that. I think we take that for granted. I think somehow we, we end up of losing the, the, the awe that he's even willing to consider you. He's just, he's so much greater than us. He's so far beyond us. Like scripture repeatedly talks about this and it just tries to drive this idea home, this idea that we lose. Like how, how much grander, how much greater God is than you. Like in, in Job 36, 26, some of these passages are going to try to keep up with me on the screen. Some of them will, I don't know. But Job 36, 26, it says, behold, God is great. And when we, we know him not, the number of his years is unsearchable. 
I know the number of your years. You know the number of your years. The number of our years is not impressive. His number of his years are unsearchable. It's just, it does not compute. Because he's beyond, year. like it doesn't, that's not a thing. Years don't have bounds on him. Like I, Job 38 is when Job has been questioning God a little bit, and, and then God answers him, and, and he says this. He says, the Lord answered Job out of this whirlwind, and he said, who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Basically says, who is it that's talking like, like you know something? Who's questioning me? He says, dress for action like a man. I'm going to question you, and you will make it known to me. He's like, I'm, I'm going to ask you some stuff, and you're going to have to answer me, Job. He says, where were you? when I laid the foundation of the earth. Where were you, Job? When I, when, I put the, when I put this plant that you walk around on together, where were you? He said, tell me, tell me if you have understanding, sweetheart. First off, he's like, who, who, who determined its measurements? Who helped me lay, out, lay it out? Like, sure, surely, surely you know, Job. Like, sure, like since, since you and I are on the same level, since, it's, since I'm not that far beyond you, since I'm, since I'm within with the realm of you being able to question me and my judgment and my ways, then surely since we're on the same level, you know how the earth was laid out. And for two chapters, he just goes on and on like this. Surely you know where I store the snow, right? You know where the storehouse is? You got the key to the garage where I keep the snow? You get the spare, no, you don't have the spare key. There's no spare key. It's my key, right? Like, he's like, you don't, you don't know, man. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't, you can't even, like, approach the, like, any sort of realm of understanding of me. You can't grasp me. Isaiah 55, God says this of himself. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Like, we don't, we don't think, like you, you may think you think like me, but our thoughts are not, this, like, you don't think like me. I know your thoughts, we don't think the same, all right? My, my, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, for, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So he says, in the same way that the stars are a little bit higher than, like, Montesano Mountain, uh, <coughs> a little bit bigger, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You can't even, like, approach me. You can't get in the stratosphere of the, of the way that I think, my, the way that I am. Like, it's entirely separate. It's unsearchable. Psalm 145.3 says, says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. There's an infinite to his greatness. Can't be cataloged. Romans 11, 11, 33 and 34 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Like, no one. When you, kind of, when you, when you try to line yourself up and like put yourself on the same level or like, where, where, where God is approachable to you, where you are somehow in, in, in a realm where it would be okay for you to approach God and like, like it, it's not insane for you to be able to know him. Like, it just, that's not the way it is. It is insane for you to be able to know him. He is so far beyond you and I that, that we don't have any right, any bearing to have anything to do with him at all. We are so insignificant compared to him and this unsearchable greatness that we aren't worth mentioning. We're not a footnote compared to him. I mean, even with like the people that you would be starstruck by, like you're, you're still, like you're a person. You matter the same as they matter. 
We don't matter the same as he matters. We don't bring any value to the table at all. We're less than a footnote. I mean, like, I think, I think sometimes we get it. I, I think sometimes we, we do think about the grandness of God, and it does feel like, like, who, like, I've felt like this. Like, who, who, who am I to, to come before him? In light of that, in light of his greatness and, and my smallness, in light of all that he's done and all that he's made and all that he's doing and how small and insignificant and temporary I am, like, who am I that he cares? That's, that's the idea of Psalm 8. In Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4, the psalmist, that's the, what he, he communicates. He says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've set in place, what, what is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? Like the work of my fingers is um, like, I, mean, I can finger paint pretty good. Like, I mean, I can, you know, I can do a little bit of work. I can make a table because it's flat and there's like just edges, you know, I can't make like pretty stuff, but I can try, you know. Like my wife can paint just because she, she's, she's a good artist. She can like paint stuff. Like that's the work of our fingers. The work of God's fingers <laughs> is the moon and the stars. And so in light of that, like, what, why, why, is, why is he even mindful of us? Why does he, why does he care? It's in this moment just, like, set on me. Like, I, I, was, I was just straight up Psalm 8-3. Um, when when uh, Jessica and I, we went to Yosemite National Park a couple of years ago. And um, there's this point, this, this lookout spot where you drive, like, half an hour up this mountain, right? And they have real mountains. And so we get to this point called Glacier Point. You can, you can like, Google Glacier Point, but it's not going to do it justice, all right? So some people say that Glacier Point is, is the best lookout point on earth. I mean, it looks out over just this, this majestic scene, and, and, and it, Yosemite Valley is just kind of laid out before you, and you can see, like, these waterfalls that are, like, 100-foot waterfalls that just look like this little sliver of nothing down there. In the, in, I mean, it's just, it's insane, the distance that you're seeing. So you spend, spend time down on the bottom, and you see the majesty and the hugeness of all this stuff that you're surrounded by, and it's just, just staggering. Then you go up to Glacier Point, and you look down on it, and it all looks so tiny. And it just stretches out. And there's this map there that's telling me, like, this mountain over here is 12,000 feet, and this mountain over here is 14,000 feet. And they just look like little, little dots. And it all just, it just put everything in perspective. And there's this, this silence that kind of rests on Glacier Point. You get up there, and you, you just kind of, all of what, all of God's creation is like laid out here in front of you. And there's this holiness to this, this, this place, and there's this quiet. No one's like walking around talking and acting silly, you know, like babies don't cry on Glacier Point. That's not true. But like, like there's, there's, there's a significance to it because you just get up there and you're like, I don't matter. Like, just the expanse of it. I just, I'm just incredibly insignificant. He says, when I, when I look at the heavens, you know, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what am I that you are mindful of me? Why would he want to meet me? Why does he want to meet you? Why would he want to meet you? The God who did all that, the God who did all things, the God who, who, who's, who is outside of time, why does he want to, why does he want to meet you? light of who God is, how much greater, how unsearchable he is, how in the world could little old you know him? You need an answer. You need a really clear answer to that. Because, because 
the truth of it is, is that your salvation is de- dependent on whether or not you know him. So you've got to have an answer to how little you could know him because your salvation is dependent on whether or not you know him. In John chapter 17, this is what Jesus says. He defines eternal life like this. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you. It's the Father. Like, eternal life is knowing the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Eternal life is knowing God. Jesus is God, so like so eternal life is knowing the Father through knowing the Son. You got to know him. So how can little old you know him? Because little old you knowing him is salvation. When you come to know him and trust him and believe in him, faith, put your faith in him and follow him because you know that he's, he's true. You're following after him like you would follow after a real person. That is, that's, that's salvation. When you've trusted in his work on the cross and you're following him like you know him, when you know him, you're saved. Being saved by God is knowing God through his son. That's, 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 that's it. It's not, well, that passage doesn't say, John 17 doesn't say that salvation, this is eternal life, knowing about God. You know about a lot of things that are bigger and more grand than you, right? You study all kind of things, and you know about all sorts of stuff that, it's the same thing as knowing. Like, you, you, you study historical figures. That's not the same thing as knowing them. It doesn't say knowing about Jesus. It doesn't say knowing about this God. It says knowing him. When you know him, that's, that's, that's what salvation is. How, so how can finite, insignificant, sinful people personally know this God? How, how, on your own, how would you figure out a way to get to know the God who spoke plants into existence? How would you, how would you ever dare to approach him? You wouldn't. You couldn't. You could not find a ladder tall enough to get to, get to like you can't. The only way that you have the opportunity to know him, the only way that you have the opportunity to meet him is because Jesus, like God, like he made himself accessible. Fair? Like the only way that you get to know him is because he made himself knowable. He made himself accessible. Recently I read this book called Love Does by this guy named Bob Goff. I might have actually told you all this before. I don't really remember. Um, but anyway, there's this book called Bob, uh, the book's not called Bob Goff. That'd be a funny name for a, a book. Anyway, the book's called Love Does. A guy named Bob Goff. He travels around and speaks and does crazy junk. He's just a cool guy. Um, and so uh, I read this whole book. I got to the very last page. It's like past the appendix. Nobody reads the appendix, right? I get to the very the last page. And the last page, it just, it says uh, contact, all right? And then the page says, um, Bob says, look, I th- the most significant people in my life, they haven't been the smartest, the wisest, uh, the most gifted. They've just been the most accessible. Like the people that I get to talk to and hang out with, I don't have to go through 14 steps and three assistants to get to. Like they've been the people that are the most significant in my life. And so I want to be a guy of significance, and so I want to be accessible. So here's my phone number, Bob Goff, cell phone, boom. I'm like, did I get a weird, like, unregistered copy of this book? I was sitting in a coffee shop. I'm, I'm reading this page, and then I'm like, I'm not seeing where this is going. I'm like, okay, Bob Goff's talking about being accessible. Cool. All right. No. And then it's just his phone number. It's like the last sentence of the book. Like, you can go buy a copy of Love Doves, and you can have Bob Goff's cell phone number yourself. I can't have David Platt's cell phone number because Karen won't give it to me. But, um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, but, uh, but I've got Bob Goff, so that's cool. All right. And like a, like a friend of mine called it. Like, I, I want to call it. I really do. I want to call Bob Goff. But I need a good reason to call Bob Goff. 
all right? I can't just be like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to ruin it, you know? You've been invited to, you know, I don't want to ruin it. A guy called him. You know, he's another student pastor in another place, and they, he called, called Bob Goff, and I was like, hello, this is Bob Goff. I was like, ah, you know? And he's like, hey, uh, I had this idea. I, I, thought, I thought maybe, like, at our fall retreat, I, I had, like, Skype with you, could I interview you with, with, our, with our teenagers? And Bob's like, that sounds awesome. Here's my assistant's number. Call her, just set it up. You get to fall retreat, they Skype Bob Goff. Bob Goff's in a cabin, like in Alaska, and he keep, won't stop talking about a wolf. Like he's like trying to point the laptop out a, out a window, trying to tell all these people, look at this wolf. This wolf's outside. How cool is this? And the guy's like, we want to talk about Jesus. He's like, I don't care. Look at this wolf, right? Like, <laughs> it's completely useless. I'm going to call Bob Goff one day. I have no idea why, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out. All right, like Bob Goff has made himself excessive. He gave me his phone number, and I am going to call him because why would you not? Right? Why would you not? If someone, if someone like that gives you their phone number, you call it and try not to make an idiot out of yourself. Bob Goff made himself accessible. I would have no apparatus to, to, to access that guy, but he chose for some reason, probably, he probably didn't think his book was going to sell, but anyway, it did, and, and, and made himself accessible. So now I have the, I have the privilege of getting to, to call. Now look, God didn't give you a cell phone number, did he? He, he, so if God has made himself accessible, he didn't give you a cell phone number, but he did. He, he did make himself accessible. He gave you something a whole lot better than a phone number. He gave you his son. A whole lot better than a cell phone. He gave you his son, and then, then if you, when you trust his son, he gives you his spirit that lives in you. Where you don't have to ring him up and go find him somewhere. Like, he dwells in you. So God left heaven, came here as the son, and then from that point, puts his spirit in you. It's better than a phone number. Matthew eleven twenty seven says this, that all things have been handed, this is Jesus talking, all things have been handed over to me by the Father. He says this, and, and no one knows the son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the son. But he goes a little bit further, he says, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Isn't that crazy? Like there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three parts, the triune God, it's like three parts of the whole, and they all, they all know each other. Like every part of me knows the rest of me because it's all me, right? And so all parts know all the parts. So it's like, look, nobody knows the Son like the Father. Nobody, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with disciples, and there's crowds and whatever. Nobody knows me like the Father. He says, and, and nobody knows the Father like I do. And then, and, then, and then the people that I choose to reveal them to. And the people that Jesus chooses to reveal the Father to is anybody that, Jesus, that trusts in Jesus. And so Jesus is willing to introduce you to God. Jesus himself is God, came down here for you. And when you trust him, you get access to the Father. And the Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. Like you have access through Jesus to know, like personally knowing God. In the same capacity, Jesus did. You have full access because Jesus said so. Disciples had a hard time with this. They, the disciples, they, they couldn't really wrap their head around this whole 
father thing. They were so fixated on, on they, they kind of like kept, kept them separate, like Jesus and the father were somehow separate. And so they wanted to, they wanted to know the father, right? Like somehow that's like, you know, they wanted to know the father. And they got Jesus, and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm the son of God, right? You got, you got it? Like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. I want to know the father. So, in, so the, like in, 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 uh, uh, in John 14, Jesus explains stuff to him. He says, look, I'm, I'm the way, I'm, I'm the way to the father. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, you're not you're not coming to the Father unless you you, if you when you know me. Is he going to say? So verse seven. If you had known me, if you'd known known about me, there's no one known about. If you knew me, you would have known my Father also. He says this from now on, you do know him, and you've seen him. And then Philip's like, I didn't see him. I saw you. I don't see the Father. Like you, you just you just said that from now on you do know the Father and you have seen the Father. I haven't seen the Father. Like I don't I want to see the Father. Philip says, "Lord, show us the Father," and that'll that'll be enough for us. It's a faith issue for Philip. He's saying, "Look, I like I, I believe in you. I trust you. Whatever, but I, I really believe it'll be enough for me if you show me the Father." And Jesus gets irritated, straight up irritated. Jesus says to him. Have I been with you this long and you still don't know me, Philip? Have you not gotten this yet? He says, look, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? Look, man, all these words that I've been saying to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but it's the Father who dwells in me doing his work. He says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. It's like, if you know me, you know the Father. The Father's in me. I'm in the Father. It's the same thing, bro. Like, if you know me, you know the Father. It's, just, it's the same thing. You have access to the Father through me. If you know the Father, if you know me, you know the Father. You're not going to know the Father if you don't know me. And Philip's like, I, don't, I just want to see the Father. It's a frustrating thing where, where consistently there's, there's like, this, like this, this lack of faith and like the divinity of Jesus and he's saying, look, I, I am him. I've come here. I'm standing in front of you. And so you and I, through the word of God, we have access to the Father through Christ and like the, the, the words of Jesus saying, look, if you, I'm the way and the truth and the life. You can know the Father because I've made the way. If you know me, you know him. Look, you, you, you can know God as well as you want to. I don't think you believe that. You can know God as well as you want to because he has made himself knowable. He'll give you as much of himself as you want. He hasn't given you a cell phone number, but he has given you his son. And through his son, you have access to the fullness of God. Like, you can know him as well as you want to. You don't have to, like, be, like, starstruck by some, somebody who's not willing to hang out with you, who thinks it's hilarious that, that they might be friends with you. Like, that's, you have access to the God of the universe in fullness. He's made himself known, but, but, but we take it for granted. Think back, to, think back to those people that you would be just overwhelmed to have the opportunity to meet. Think about them. Like, like just imagine yourself meeting that hero, meeting that person that you're so excited about. Just imagine the feeling, like the lump in your, in your throat if you got to meet them. Now compare that excitement with how you feel walking in here to get to meet with God. 
Compare that excitement with the excitement that you feel when you open your Bible, or well, when you have the opportunity to open your Bible in the morning and spend time with the Word of God that's breathed out by God, and, and to communicate with Him in prayer. Like you have the opportunity to sit and hang out with God every morning. Did you did you get up and hang out with God this morning? Would you have gotten up and hang, hung out with that hero this morning? See, something's not right. So somehow, like Christians, like we 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 let ourselves lose the amazement of getting to know Him. Are, have you have you lost some of the amazement at getting to know Him? We have to recapture it. We have to continually like force ourselves, like remind ourselves of the awe of it all. We have to get back to Psalm eight. Like when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what am I that you're mindful of me? The awe of it all, the awe that he was willing to make himself accessible. Like, he has done better than giving you his cell phone number. Like, he has given you his son. He's given you his spirit. Like, he wants to know you. He's given you every possibility of knowing him. And this morning, how excited were you to hang out with him? Tonight, when you walked in, how excited were you to hang out with him? Throughout your day, as you had the opportunity to spend time in prayer instead of scroll through Instagram, how excited were you about the opportunity to hang out with him? We lose the awe of it all. If you're not a Christian in, in the room, man, maybe this feels like I kind of built this up to, to a way, like, I don't even know if this is possible. If, if, God, is, if God exists and he's, a, he's like that, I don't, I, don't know why, I, 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 I don't know why he would have anything to do with me. And that is the beauty of it, that the, the fullness of this God is available. He wants to know you. He wants to hang out with you. He thinks you are valuable enough, because he says so, to actually want to know you. He left heaven, came here so that you could know him. He's not far off. He's not hiding. He's been waiting. He's been waiting for you to show up. He's already shown up. He's already done his part. He's been waiting on you your whole life to show up to get to know him. And so maybe tonight, like, if there's just something in you that says, man, like, I, I want to take one more, I want to take one step towards him. I want to at least, like, let my heart be open. I at least, I'll have a conversation. I'll ask some people some questions that are some things that are bothering me. Just take one step towards him. He stepped out of heaven and came here to make himself knowable to you. You can take one step toward him tonight, right? You can do one thing. Our band's coming up, and um, I'll just, man, I'll just try to, clean it up for you this way. If, if your favorite musician or player or author or movie star, if, if they asked you to hang out, if you, if you, if you text, if, if you, if you like tweeted some movie star musician or something and said, hey, want to hang out? And they sent a message back like, man, I'd love to hang out with you. That'd be great. Like that level of excitement. Compare that to, to the, the excitement and, and the willingness even to, to spend time with the Lord. Like, why? And if that's not in the right proportion where you know it should be, why? 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 Maybe if you're a Christian in the room, like, there's just something in you that needs to have some just confession before the Lord and say, look, I've, God, I've been a whole, lot, a whole lot more excited about a lot of other things and a lot of other people than you. And God, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get the all of it back. Maybe you just need to confess, like, say, I, I've, I've prioritized and been way more excited about a whole lot of things over you. I need, I need, to, I need to work on that. Maybe you can start right now. I want to remind you what I said at the beginning of our service tonight is that what God has promised that when more, two or more gather together in his name, which this counts, that he has promised to be here. He's here. 
He's here. He, he wants to meet with you. Do you want to meet with him? Father, um, I want to meet with you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to hang out. I want to know the fullness that you've made available to me. I want to know your son. I want to, I want to, I want to spend time. Uh, I, don't want to just, I don't want to just be around you, God. I want to follow you. I want to walk in the steps that you have for me. I, I, want, to, I want to be yours. So God, sometimes, sometimes I lose sight of the awe of it, and, and I'm sorry for that. So in this moment, as you promise to be here, God, um, I'm excited to meet with you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to stand um, and worship you for the grandness and glory and goodness of who you are. It's your son's name.